Hello. It's so funny. Um, he has such timing, doesn't he? Impeccable timing. And uh, I don't know whether you've got from that our subject matter tonight. Now, it's really interesting because you can come at it from all sorts of angles. You can talk about it from the point of view of discontentment, or you could talk about contentment. Uh, you could talk about being ungrateful, or you can talk about being grateful. Whichever angle you come from, you're talking about the same thing. And uh, our uh, subject matter tonight is following on what we've been trying to do over the last few weeks is giving you some real practical things that you can hold on to that can literally help you in your life. And uh, so tonight, uh, I found it interesting that, that he's saying that, you know, if he could only manage to be uh, a third time uh, winner, then he might be enough. He might convince himself that he's okay. And, uh, you know, sadly, this is uh, often what we're up against in our lives. We were talking last week about how uh, fear and anxiety starts in the imagination because it's not what's going on in the now, but it's either what happened yesterday or what happens in the, the future or what might happen in the future. But in fact, what we learnt uh, last week is that it's often uh, a love deficiency uh, that takes us to that place of anxiety and fear. Now, this week, in our effort to bring this subject matter to you, what we have to be able to tell you is that discontentment is actually a deficiency in gratitude. And as we go through tonight, that you will see how if you have issues... Now, most of us tonight are not going to admit very easily that we're ungrateful people. We're not. And there's something about living in the West... There's something about our uh, daily lives of having, you know, plenty to choose from and, and, and lots of things that we would feel incredibly bad uh, to admit that we're ungrateful. But actually, in fact, in our lives, we prove that we're ungrateful most of the, of the time by our demeanour. We're always wanting more. And isn't that interesting that that's the words that come out of our mouths when we're uh, discontented? Danny said something that this week which I thought was great. When we are discontented, we look at the content of our lives, we lay it out on the table and we diss it. Now isn't that a way of, of, of understanding the whole issue of discontentment? We look at the content of our lives and we diss it instead of being grateful for all the things we are, all the things we have and all the things we have accomplished. And, and I know that I'm just going to bring a, a, a great talk on, on that later. Um, it's interesting that we've often talked about children uh, when they get what they want all of the time. We've tended to use a word and it was spoiled. Uh, you know, if mummy, I want it, I want it, I want it. And if you keep we, we've all often used the word spoilt or spoilt children. And yet if we think about it from this point of view, it's usually that there is a discontentment going on because what we already have isn't enough, therefore we want more, and we call that spoiled when maybe the best thing to do would be deal with an, an ungrateful heart and start to appreciate what we have. So there is a lot of wonderful things we're going to talk about tonight, but what Jim Carrey said would, wouldn't it be great if we could end this terrible search? Now it was funny, we were laughing. But most of us want to end a terrible search in our lives because of the fact that we're always wanting more. We think, if only, 
if only things would be better. Instead of actually saying, no, where I am right now, the circle in which I live, I can be grateful. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, so whether you want to put it under the label of discontentment, contentment, gratitude, or ingratitude, or being ungrateful, pick one, have whichever one you like. But I hope that by the end you've learned something. Now I'm just going to ask you a question. Who can remember the three P's of hope, hopefulness, uh, hopelessness from last week? Who can remember the three P's? Lucy. No, is it Charlie? Sorry, I couldn't see. Is it Charlie? Personal, that's one of them. Who can remember another two? Pervasive. Permanent. Great. Now listen, I threw that on you. But you know what? In the hour that we spent here, we are learning some stuff that can change your life. And sometimes it's like, you go, if you went to the doctor, you, were, you would be expected to put into action the prescription that you were given and expect something to happen. But sometimes I think we're not even listening, we're not even taking on board what's being said. And tonight, we want discontentment to be pushed out, we want gratitude to come in, we want to not be hopeless, we want to be full of uh, a joy of what we've been given. And so, I'll leave it there and let, you, let us get on with the evening. Okay, thank you. So before we can really talk about contentment and gratitude, we have to talk about discontentment. Discontentment is the thing that lies at the root of our lack of gratitude. It's the, if only I were three-time Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey, then I would be enough. There's a verse in the Bible that uh, says, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. Therefore, the, the state that I am in, and I don't mean Oregon or California or Florida, but the state that I am in is the greatest determiner of my level of contentment. And I would have a question for you tonight. What state are you in? Because the state that you're in impacts upon your level of contentment. So what is it that I need to learn? Because this verse says, I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. What is it that, that I need to learn? What is it that you need to learn? The, the first thing that we need to learn is where discontentment comes from. Discontentment comes from setting our hearts on seeking fulfillment through the wrong things. Now there's a verse in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 6 about that, but we never have time to go there in bits. But it's about seeking fulfillment or setting our hearts on getting fulfillment through the wrong things. So the question is, how do you know that they're the wrong things? Because they don't bring, they don't bring contentment. It's quite simple. How do you know if you're setting your heart on or seeking fulfillment in the wrong things, it's because they don't bring contentment. Now, our secular world has, has taught us in, in, in that world view that contentment is based on being full rather than hungry, that it's based on having plenty 
rather than being in want, and that it's based on ruling rather than serving. That's what our secular worldview has taught all of us, and it's been ingrained consciously and subconsciously. The problem is that that makes us strive, either consciously or subconsciously, for the wrong things, which are possessions, what I have, position, who I am, my reputation, and achievement, what I've done, how efficiently I live my life. See, striving is the manifest expression of discontentment. This roots out of the never enough syndrome. That's why we wanted Connie to sing that song. All the things that happen, never enough. And I I agree with what Chris said, that if I were to say, how many of you would say you are discontented tonight? We're all just too proud and too, too scared to actually say, I am a discontented person. I'm chasing the wrong things. I am not grateful. And yet the truth is that striving is the manifest expression of discontentment. And you know how much we strive for those things. And it roots out of that never enough syndrome. Nothing's never enough. We haven't got enough friends. We don't have enough money. Not got enough recognition. Not got enough time. Not got enough. Never enough. And I'm never enough for what it is I'm involved in. All this merely compounds the problem. It never fixes it. Yet it's typical behaviour of discontented people. And all of this drives us away from the most important key element of contentment, which is gratitude or gratefulness. Gratefulness is the ingredient that equips me to be at peace in the now and enables me to live and to learn and to love. And we'll talk more about that later. For the guys, um, we'll do the pay it forward uh, at the end. The last song, but the last song is on a video, so don't miss that. Okay, you get that there. Uh, also, big shout out today for our boys at the back and girls in the technical area who uh, <laughs> serve us every week, and you don't see them like you see the musicians and everybody else, but those guys do a wonderful job on the, the video and in the booth and doing the sound and, uh, and Robert on the computer and the lights back there. So we appreciate you and thank you for serving us. For those of you who like to be involved, give us a shout. Maybe you could show your ability in some of those areas. <coughs> so, <clears throat> where are we at? Well, I think one thing you should have gathered and we do need to know is that contentment is not based on being full, having plenty, and being the boss. Okay. The sad thing is, I can tell you that all night, I could repeat it for another hour, and you would hear me and your brain would say, that's right. And then by the time you leave here, or even before you leave here, in conversation, in interaction, going home, going to work tomorrow, you will have rescinded back into the place where you think, not enough, 
doesn't mean I'm not enough, that's not enough, this is not enough, I don't have enough, there'll never be enough, and we get into the three Ps again from last week, because there is something that happens to us which is called conditioning, social conditioning. And in social conditioning, it means that we become conditioned by our life experiences. Now, I know I'm on a winner here because there's not a single one of us here who's not alive. Some of you don't look very alive, but... I am told by reliable sources that you are. And every one of us has had experiences and continues to have experiences of life and in life. And those things condition our thinking and they condition our beliefs. Now, there is a kind of religious approach that simply says, if we bring you here, make you feel happy, give you a high, then you'll be okay because none of that will matter. The problem is none of it will matter for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour or an hour and 30 minutes. And I have long been a proponent, I don't mean to be overcritical, but I do believe it, that sometimes what the Christian church calls worship <clears throat> is the church's version of getting high. Okay, So we come and take the drug because we feel better. There's lots of things we can do in life to make us feel better, and that's good. Feeling better is good, okay? It's great to feel better, but feeling better does not necessarily deal with the root issues in our life that stop us from feeling better once we've left the occasion, once we've left the concert, once we've left the pub, once we've left the church, once we've left the moment. Our objective is that your life should be rich and should be full at all times, in all situations. As Paul said, that in all of those things you have learned to be content in whatever situation you are in, with or without a boyfriend, right? In or not in the job. Feeling well or not feeling so well, that in all of those things, there is an answer. Now, some of you will be familiar with the illustrative story of the elephant and the stake. That's not the elephant and the snake, it's the elephant and the stake, okay? <clears throat> and this is actually very true, that when, when in India they train a young elephant for the duties that that elephant will have to perform... Uh, they understand that there will come a time when the elephant will be so big and so strong <clears throat> that there's no way that you can constrain its natural desires to do whatever it wants to do. <clears throat> and so when, when the elephant is born, what they do is they, they put a shackle on the elephant's foot, on its ankle, and they shackle it to a stake in the ground. And of course the, the chain is only so long. So, of course, the little elephant walks around his little, uh, his, his little place where he, he is. And, and when he reaches the end of the chain, of course, he, he comes back and he goes another direction and he reaches the end of the chain. And, um, uh, and, and finally, what happens is that the elephant stops going and pushing to the extremes of the chain because he knows that if he goes to there, this will hold him back. Now the next step that the trainer does is that they completely remove the shackle and the chain from the elephant. And the truth is the elephant will never wander off because it has now been conditioned by its life experience that I cannot escape the situation that I am in. And on an evening when they all put the elephants down, they put a, just a small rope around the elephant's ankle and attach it to the stake. Now the truth is that elephant could at any moment pull the stake out of the ground 
and go off into freedom, but it never will because it has now been conditioned by its life experience to never push through and believe that life can be different and he can change. Now, the truth is all of us are like the elephant and the stake. Our life experience has conditioned us to the point of which I will never be free. I can never truly be happy. I'll never truly be satisfied. I'll never have enough. And so we find ourselves through conditioning in that constant place of discontentment. Now, there's a, there's a um, the verse that we read earlier was about, uh, um, you know, I have learned in it, whatever the situation to be content. Now, I wrote down here, why should I learn to be content in any and every situation? Well, because the alternative, being discontented, will rob you of the joy, happiness and peace you so desperately seek, leaving you still striving more and more for the wrong things. So the question then, is there any help for me in this? Well, one of the disciples of Jesus called Peter wrote these words, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That's in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. He seems to be saying that grace and peace are already yours in abundance. But you see, conditioning in life tells us I don't have grace and peace. It's something I have to strive for. But the only reason we strive is because in discontentment we are trying to gain something that we don't think we have because we don't believe that we are enough. And so I have to come all the way back and say that grace and peace are already yours in abundance. Now you may say, but my life experience doesn't seem to be showing me that. But the truth is the life experience of the elephant was showing it. It could never escape. He could never pull the stake out of the ground. Even if he wanted to move on from where he was, he couldn't because he will get held back. So, grace and peace are already yours in abundance. Now he goes on to say, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now I'm just a little bit of Bible here. He doesn't say through your knowledge of Jesus, of God, and Jesus our Lord. He says through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Let me propose something to you. Could it be that what he had in mind is that God has knowledge that grace and peace are already abundant on the inside of you? That God actually knows that. The problem is you don't know it because you've been conditioned now by your life experiences to not believe that that is true. And he goes on to say that his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now, the slide that follows me, which was going to be before me, but is now following me, will say, contentment is an attitude that says I will be satisfied with all that I have and am. So how many of you know, this is important, that just clicking your heels together and saying over and over, there's no place like home, there's no place like home, doesn't get you home. See, we want you to have real answers. Sadly, Christianity can be guilty of Wizard of Oz theology. 
Just follow the yellow brick road to the Emerald City where you will find the great and mighty Oz who turns out to be some old guy behind a curtain pulling levers and controlling people through his wizardry. Reality is that the root of contentment already exists inside of you. And the act of gratefulness lets it grow. And the manifest experience of that gratefulness is grace and peace in abundance. When your gratefulness exceeds your discontentment, the grace and peace that you long for will explode in abundance in your life. First of all, be grateful you're hearing this tonight. Because it could save your life. And then be grateful for the one who has knowledge that there's already grace and peace in abundance on the inside of you. And when you begin to take hold of that, just like a plant, contentment will begin to grow in your life and replace the discontentment as you come to that place of wholeness where you no longer strive. Be grateful tonight for all that you have been given and all that is in you and let contentment arise.